Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. It is still a Christmas classic. It will always remain a Christmas classic, but I didn't want to throw you off track again by <laughs> inserting Christmas classic into my intro. <laughs> inserting new words, it messes me up. <laughs> so this week we are on minute number... 84. But before we get into our minute, I have been alerted by Dooley that some of you have been writing in. Reading and writing, writing and reading. So our first message this week is from our friend Darren, Santa Claus the Movie super fan, who we will have on this show, hopefully, by the time we wrap up this movie. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we just can't we just can't get our schedules to work together, but hopefully by the end of this film we will have Darren on the podcast and he can put us to shame with his Santa Claus a movie knowledge. I know he knows way more than we do. It's going to be embarrassing, but it'll be fun. So anyway, what did he have to say? Okay, so Darren wrote to us and says that he's a little behind on our podcast, but he was just listening to minute 70 and he found this place. It's called untapped.com and they have Puce Juice from Hackensack Brewing. It's acai and blueberry kettle sour, which I guess is, is a wine. I think it's a wine. Um, and they call it Puce Juice. And it's so cool that they have a Puce Juice. And someone says it's a tastes like a tart wine with blueberry and cranberry notes. So, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a Santa Claus the movie connection there or not. I don't know if they named it after Towser's Puce Juice idea or if it's just a coincidence. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, not quite what I expected, but great to see the name is being used. I just wonder if it was a coincidence that they came up with that name or was it a reference? So he he's kind of right there with you. Like, he doesn't know if it's uh, intentional or not, but we can pretend it is. Yeah, let's pretend it is. Yeah, on a similar note, in Hershey Park in Hershey, Pennsylvania, they have a roller coaster named the Super Duper Looper, mm -hmm. which I don't think is a reference to this movie. It's probably also just a coincidence. But yeah. thanks for writing in. That is super interesting. If we liked wine, we would totally try that. We could pretend to be our favorite character, the wino. <laughs> yeah. Put it in a paper bag. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we also have a message from listener Jay regarding minute number 61, where Ben and I were wondering about the weather at certain points of the year in Washington, D.C. Yes. So he says that I'm going to pair I'm going to paraphrase here. Well, I don't know about Maine and its weather, but it's not uncommon for Maryland to have unseasonal weather. I'm not sure what causes it exactly, but it has to do with the water that surrounds the state. So because of it, you could have days in the winter where it'll be in the upper 40s and even upper 50s when it should be freezing. But there have been a few surprises where the temperature could reach higher. I remember one Christmas day when it reached the mid-60s and everyone was wearing shorts and t-shirts. So I was just closing some tabs to get focused on the minute we're going to talk about, but I need to loop back to the super-duper-looper roller coaster. 
I had the Wikipedia page up, and it says here that that roller coaster has been operating since July 4th, 1977. So the Super Duper Looper in Hershey, Pennsylvania, in Hershey Park, predates Santa Claus the movie. I wonder if they named it the Super Duper Looper after that roller coaster. Yeah, now maybe Santa Claus the movie is referencing the roller coaster and not vice versa. Yeah. We'll have to do a little more investigating there. (laughs) We're just throwing accusations out everywhere today. (laughs) Nobody update any Wikipedia pages based on this podcast at this moment in time. We make stuff up. (laughs) No, no, no. You You can update the... Uh, appropriate wikipedia pages on things we are 100 yes. percent concrete proof about but we're mm-hmm. just we're, we're just theorizing right now yeah about pews and super duper loopers <laughs> anyway i can't say on a happier note because it's going to get super sad again for a few more seconds just a couple seconds because, yeah yeah we'll, we'll be through this soon we can get through this together mm-hmm. so anyway back at the north pole with sad Santa. Mm-hmm. So Santa is finishing telling Anya that maybe BZ is smarter than he is. So our minute officially starts with Santa saying, I am. I am. I am what I am. And then he continues. He's, he's really, he's really <laughs> in the dumps. He continues. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm just an old fool. Now, in the movie, it just shows Anya is continually just kind of looking at him with with sympathetic eyes. That's not what happens in the in the book, though. In the book, when Claus says, maybe, maybe I'm just an old fool, Anya moved quickly to his side and hugged him, holding him tightly against her heart, trying not to cry as sudden tears filled her eye. Old-fashioned, maybe, she murmured fiercely, but not a fool, never a fool. But her husband only shook his head and didn't answer. That would have been sweet to see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of them both just sitting there, sadly. <laughs> All right, I, d- I don't have anything that I can add this week that I hadn't already said last week. So it's it's funny, In so we'll, we'll just move on. Um, it's funny, in the book, minute 84 of the movie is cut in half with minute 85 of the movie. So that part with Santa was, I have in my, in my, in my book with all my little stickies, 80, minute 84.1. And then we, in the book, it goes into minute 85. And then after minute 85, it goes into 84.2 is what I have for my, (laughs) my book. In between eighty four and eighty in in between eighty four is minute eighty five, which is going to be very hard for me to um, wrap my head around later when we're in minute eighty five. <laughs> they did a little rearranging again. They took some liberties with the movie and the book. So now we are going to rejoin Joe and Cornelia. It's been a few minutes since we've seen Cornelia, not since Christmas morning and. Uh, floating nanny yes what we see is back in new york city in front of bz and cornelia's townhouse it is nighttime and it is pouring rain it is a thunderstorm outside Mm -hmm. we see joe run across the street to the townhouse 
he runs through the gate. He opens up the gate. I guess they never lock it. I guess <laughs> well, they it, never it, lock it at BZ's house. That's in the mo- in the book. He doesn't just open it. He squeezes between the bars in the book. But maybe just the gate they had, he couldn't fit through. You know, on set. Yeah, that. Yeah, probably. I could totally picture what you're saying, and that probably yeah. would have fit better. Like, oh, this little crafty yeah. street kid squeezing through the metal bars but here he just opens up the gate like he lives there (laughs) yeah well he pretty much does he goes there all the time for food it even says that as he's trying to squeeze through the gate the bars on the gate that it's getting exceedingly harder because of all of the new food he's eating (laughs) because cordelia keeps giving him food so he's getting a little bit more chubby He gets stuck between the bars, like Winnie the Pooh and oh, no. Honey. <laughs> oh, bother. He looks upward, and then he puts two of his fingers into his mouth. Two, two fingers that I believe, let me double check. Let me double check here. I believe he's wearing a glove, which makes it even more impressive that he can whistle. It's his pointer and his pinky, I think. And you it don't think he's wearing a glove? It, well, he's wearing one of those fingerless gloves. Oh, okay. Well, I can. Yeah. I guess I can kind of see it. Even though the whistle sound he emits does not sound like a human whistle to my ears at all, and it gets even more unsettling the next time we see this in a few seconds. It sounds like a 1950s sci-fi alien planet sound effect or something out of Star Trek. So we will get back to Joe and his unsettling whistling in just a moment. Cornelia is asleep in her bed, and she has to be an extremely light sleeper because she awakens to the sound of Joe's whistling, which is very impressive considering she is hearing it through a closed second-story window during a thunderstorm. And all the normal New York City street noise, because when she opens her window in just a second, you're going to hear police sirens and everything else. So I don't know how she can hear. Maybe maybe Joe has to have like a frequency on his whistle, like a dog <laughs> whistle. It's a whistle only Cornelia can hear. <laughs> maybe. It's a little unrealistic, but, you know, in the book, Joe doesn't whistle. Is that going to tie into what I'm going to say in just a moment? No, unfortunately, it's not going to help you at all. No. In the book, Joe does that classic picking a pebble up off the ground and throwing it at the window trick that you see in almost every movie. So, and I don't know how she would wake up to that either with all of that noise. she broke the window. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That'd be hard to explain. So Cornelia, uh, she turns on her lamp. She seems to be using the large rabbit and bear plushes we saw a while ago as pillows. She's sleeping right on top of them. She's not, like, snuggling into her with her stuffies. She's using them as pillows. And I did notice on her nightstand, I believe the lamp is the same as earlier. But now on her nightstand, there is a, like, white or cream-colored porcelain or ceramic turtle figurine. Mm -hmm. And also, in one of those folding picture frames two photos they don't seem to be of people though 
from I, I can't have... tell what they are on the DVD copy, but you have the HD copy up. Can you tell what might be in this picture frame on Cornelio's nightstand? Cornelio's <laughs> on Cornelio's nightstand? Yeah, well, kind of. Uh, so that porcelain turtle actually has color to it. It's it's a cream colored turtle, and it has pink shell lines and green shell lines around the bottom and the top so there's a little bit of color to it that i i didn't notice watching it on the standard version and the picture frame one is pink and one is blue and the pink one it looks like it's a drawing on the inside of maybe flowers and the blue one it looks like it's a picture of like a mountain landscape image with like a palm tree on one side. But it, there's no people in them. We don't get a hidden Easter egg of what her parents may have looked like. Right. Cornelia's waking up. She's like a little groggy. And now now we cut back to Joe outside. And this is the unsettling part that I was uh, referring to earlier. He's still emitting those creepy whistling sounds. But his mouth is not in a whistling position. Yeah, position. He's he's not. His mouth is not actually making a whistle sound. Yeah, his mouth is not like his lips aren't puckered like he's making a whistle. He doesn't have the fingers in his mouth. It looks like he's his lips are moving like he's saying "corny" or "hey." But all you hear as the camera is on his face is it. Yeah, it that's sounds a little, that's a little creepy. When you watch you it <laughs> When you watch it with no noise and it's just silent, it really looks like he's saying hey. Hey, you know, really loud. Like he's trying to yell hey. But for whatever reason they just decided to dub in. Maybe the maybe a microphone that he was wearing didn't work and they didn't have the audio and they just thought it would be easier to plop in the whistle sound again as opposed to having him redo a line yeah they couldn't get him in or didn't feel like it was worth Mm -hmm. worth it to have him come in and dub one line yeah because they would have had to have a microphone or something with all that rain and thunder like not thunder but all that rain yeah i'm sure all the thunderstorm sound effects were probably added after the fact as well yeah, that's why what, I. What was yeah, what was probably on the actual film was the fans blowing and the right. water machines, and then it's like ah, no one's gonna notice <laughs> if he's not his lips aren't making the whistling shape. Yeah, no one's gonna. It's know. not like anybody's <laughs> gonna be watching this <laughs> in in extreme detail <laughs> in thirty years. It goes by so quick, no one will notice. But as we've proven time and time again, film editors of 1984, you judged wrong. We have <laughs> noticed. Every film editor everywhere should know that every moon, every movie will be dissected like this at some point. So after that other alien whistle, Cornelia looks surprised and gets out of bed, heads to her window, looks down, smiles when she realizes it's Joe, then opens her window. And then Joe runs over to the storm drain pipe and begins to climb up, and the minute ends. He doesn't get too far up. He gets, like, a leg up. Yeah. Movie drain pipes. They're solid. 
<laughs> I was going to say, it seems like really easy to climb up movie drain pipes, especially in a rainstorm. You think that thing would be slippery. Well, yeah, there, there's multiple things with the movie drain pipes. One, they are very nicely anchored to houses that in real life they are not really that well connected. They're kind and, of flimsy. Yeah, and they have a lot more brackets in the downspout of movie storm pipes than in real <laughs> storm pipes. Now, um, they have a little bit of dialogue in the book while Joe is outside that they don't have in the movie. I'm going to guess due to sound and audio constraints. In the book, it says here that after Joe picked up the pebble and he took careful aim and tossed it against the upper window, Cornelia got up and she came to the window and leaned out with her flannel pajama sleeves whipping in the cold wind. Hi, Joe said, his nonchalant pose ruined by a loud sudden sneeze. Hi, Cornelia said happily. Oh, you're soaked to the skin. I don't get it. You're soaked to <laughs> the how, skin. That's how kids in the 1980s talk. <laughs> oh, you're soaked to the bone. No, she said soaked to the skin. <laughs> I've never even heard it that way. Maybe is that the UK version? Maybe. Soaked to the bone, you're Maybe. soaked to the skin. Anyway, her, continue. <laughs> her face filled with concern as she saw him shivering and sneezing. It's raining, Joe said, pointing out the obvious, and he sneezed again. And then Cornelia says, come up, quick. <laughs> I can see why they tightened that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought it was funny. I'm like, you're soaked to the skin. It's like, he's like, yeah, it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's a cute dialogue. Like, I understand why they took it out of the movie. But it's cute, and it kind of shows how they have uh, connected over the past year. You know, where they're just having, like, this normal conversation that two kids that know each other would have. You know, forgetting that he's homeless on the street and that she's the step-niece of a toy tycoon, you know? Like... (laughs) I did go back and look at the previous time we were in Cornelia's room on that Christmas where she first met Joe and Santa. And her nightstand is relatively the same. The The only thing that's different is that on that night, she had a Christmas card on her nightstand and she doesn't in this one. Was the turtle there? I can't see because that big bunny horse stuffed animal thing that she has was down by her feet on that particular night. So it's blocking part of the nightstand so i can't tell if the turtle is there but the picture frames are and it's the same lamp so in the movie timeline i'm not sure exactly where we are i'm not either I think it maybe it's getting a little muddled right now i'm thinking maybe we'll be able to piece piece it together as the next few minutes unfold but right now i'm not 100 percent sure it has to be between christmas and a couple of weeks after Christmas. We're in a like a two-week range here. Yes. But the weather doesn't really coincide with traditional New York, uh, New York beginning January. of January, end of December weather. You know? I mean, I'm sure they do have days like this, but I just feel like it. 
they are making it seem like it's way way later after christmas than it really is yeah we we we're just gonna have to roll with the weather yeah because it, it is confirmed i believe by Dooley in a few moments that it's only two weeks after yeah. christmas it is yeah and it also has to be enough time sorry to get ahead of ourselves again that Patch has at least been able to produce a decent amount of candy canes mm-hmm. because Towser comes over on this night. Yeah. In just a few minutes. Yeah. Well, is it this night or is it another night? No, I'm a hundred percent sure it's this night. Well, we're because, not going to get. Uh, we're not going to get into no, it. No, no, no. I, I know. I know. Cut this part out. So yes, yeah, stay tuned. We are going to narrow down where in the movie timeline this is taking place. Yeah. Now that I think of it, it's probably taking place closer to the end of those two weeks that Dooley mentions, as we will see. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope Cornelia dates her letter to Santa so we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can settle this once and for all. That would be nice. That would be nice. We'll see, I guess. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm trying to now I'm trying to narrow it down on Mike. We we got to wait for it to unfold in yes. real time. We have to with wait. With you the listeners, yes. Mm-hmm. We will solve this and then when the movie wraps up, Ben will post her the definitive movie timeline onto our website. Yes. We're going to have days, times, dates. And we'll finally be able to make sense out of the movie timeline for the first time in 36 years. (laughs) I am psyched. We're going to do our best. (laughs) We have untangled it. It also, it only took a lot of supplemental material to make sense out of the movie timeline. That's true. That's true. It wasn't just movie (laughs) watching that's done this. It's nice to see Cornelia again. It is. And yeah, the next, next couple of weeks... Oh boy, the movie's going to go into hyperdrive here. They got to wrap things up. Yeah, they have a lot to do in a short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of loose ends to <laughs> sort of try to resolve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you have anything to add about minute number 84 of Santa Claus the movie or anything Santa Claus the movie related, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, our email address is Santa by the minute at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media at Santa Minute on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. For free!